Hi, I'm Erin, and this podcast is all about me stepping into my truth as a psychic medium. I started reading spiritual books in fall 2019 after I looked around at my life in my boring nine to five thinking, this just can't be it. Then in January, 2023, over three years after I started reading these spiritual books, it clicked. I had been a medium for years and I had no idea. On this podcast, I will discuss a range of topics all about spirituality, limiting beliefs, ego deaths, soul mission, and so much more. I record each podcast episode whenever I get inspired to record, and that's usually on a morning walk or when I'm sitting in the park. Anything that sticks out to me as a sign or a message from spirit, I say it aloud in the podcast episode. So before you listen, pick your own sign or a message from your spirit team, and you never know, it just might come up. Hello. It is February 21st, 2023, and I just had a huge whiff of anxiety, um, and I thought, what what more perfect time than to record a podcast episode? I feel like I did like one already today or two already today. Um, if you all don't know, well, most of you probably know if you're listening to this <laughs> But I have just been spitting out podcast episodes. I just started Valentine's Day of this year, February 14, 2023. And I have just been spitting. I think this is podcast number 24 in a week. And I don't know how I did that. <laughs> I really have no idea. I really don't. Watch my episode on the intuitive hit that led me to make a podcast. If you're like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what is going on? I'm just walking in my truth at this time. And when you do that, you really show up. You, you really show up and then shit like this can happen for you. So I feel very out of breath. I'm not sure why. Um, I, do, I am seeing a medium coach. My first session was on Valentine's Day. And ever since then, I've been doing like 20 minute office hours where I'm on for 20 minutes, which basically is like I am open to spirits coming to talk to me. And so I have never had a spirit as at the time of this recording really like come and visit a, a little kinda, but I didn't know what it was saying. And so if you watch, listen to one of my previous podcast episodes where I say the first time that a spirit tried to come through, it'll explain everything. Um, but I really, it's nothing that I've like actually know for sure. I don't really, I'm still working at it. It's like a muscle. So I don't really know how to like decipher what's being said. Um, I may not be an open enough channel yet to understand. But my physical has been a little up and down. Like even when sometimes when I'm not in my office hours, I'll start feeling like I'm on my office hours. And again, office hours just means that 20 minutes a day that my medium coach has told me to be on because she's like, you're practicing and you cannot be on all the time. Like you've got to practice. So 20 minutes is the time. And in that 20 minute time, I'm exhausted. Like it's as if like someone just like hit me with the fucking tranquilizer gun. Just to give you some context as to why I may be out of breath right now. Um, I didn't walk upstairs. I'm not really tired. So I don't really know why I'm out of breath. But anyway, I just had a really bad bout of anxiety overflow me. Um, and I think it's really important for people to share this, even psychic mediums. It's so weird to say psychic medium. I keep making myself say psychic medium to step into this phase that I believe I'm walking into because, you know, I'm trying to practice what I preach too. step into what I think that the divine wants of me. And that is to use this skill, use my intuition to be in service to others. And so when I even when I say psychic medium now, I'm still kind of like, I don't know if I'm going to say that. 
<laughs> I'm still so new. I, I don't know what the fuck is going on. But my anxiety came from me understanding and having all these visions about me being a leader of a very large group of people. And it has really fucked me up. And that really was what kept me back up many years. There was just desire inside of me that was always nagging at me. That was like, you are meant to serve tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. And I was just like, why? I don't fucking want to. There was no voice. There was no nothing. I've known this for years. From fall 2019, me starting reading these books all the way till April 2022, right before my vision started, I knew because I had a feeling inside that we all have a feeling inside. No psychic mediumship shit anywhere. Okay. But I knew that I was meant to serve tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. I had already done it on YouTube. I had already done it. I had already done it. So I was like, and I, because I did it on accident, because I was just uploading and follow my, following my intuition and just uploading videos that felt good to me because I couldn't stop and later finding out, oh, that's divine guidance. <laughs> I had no fucking idea. For eight years, I did it seven, eight years, and I never knew it was the divine guidance until I read the book, You're a Badass. And it was like, have you ever done something where you lose track of space, time, and awareness? You're getting in the zone. And I was like, oh, oh my God, I've been doing that with YouTube I edit YouTube videos for hours and hours and hours and I don't look up. Oh my God, that's like me being filled by something that's beyond me and never clicked until then. So I followed my intuition for years on YouTube, accidentally gained a following. So there was no like, oh, I, I want to be this person. I was just uploading fucking videos because I couldn't stop. That was it. That was simple. And I think a slight tangent here. Some people really be like, well, I really want this thing. Why does this other person get things that I, that I don't want? Or, the, or why does this other person get things that they don't even want? Like, they don't even want it. Why, why can't I get it? Listen to what you're saying. I might have mentioned this in a previous podcast, but listen to what you just said. Your needy ass is being like, I gotta have it. I need it. Huh? Why? Yeah, 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 yeah. You see what I'm saying? And that other person is an open channel to receive. That other person is an open channel to receive. And your ass sitting over there greedy and needy as fuck, you're not even acting as if. You're not acting as if maybe that other person is over there like the divine, whatever you want of me, show me whatever you want of me. And it's an open channel to receive whatever it is coming their way. But you over there talking about some what I deserve and I should and I really, really, really want this and having that needy energy, the law of attraction or law of neutrality, they're, they're always working. Who are you? Like, you must become what you want. You must become what you desire and release it and surrender it. And I believe that is why I was able to grow on YouTube. A lot of people will say, oh, well, you know, you have to have good lighting and you have to really do this and that. First of all, bitch, my YouTube channel took off off of a video that I created on my iPhone that was 15 minutes long and shitty. And if I had listened to what people said, oh, you got to have good lighting, you have to do this. I never would have fucking started. I started on my iPhone and I taped it to my window because I didn't even have uh, a stand. I just had tape and I didn't know about lock screen. So I had to like put it in a perfect way to like place on my window so that it wouldn't record long ways. It would only record wide. And I started and that video almost has like it's, it's, it's just, it's grown. But my point is I never wanted an audience from an ego place, from a human place. I wasn't like, I want an audience. And I did it on accident. My ego was okay with me doing, 
having a large audience on accident because it was like something that I, like I was like, well, I don't really want it, but if it comes, it's fine. That my ego was okay with that. However, in April, 2022, I signed up for Manifestation Babe Academy um, by Catherine Zankina. Her name is Manifestation Babe on Instagram. She's fantastic. I talk about her 50,000 times on this podcast, I'm sure by now. And um, she really made us sit down and be like, what the fuck do you want? What do you want? What do you want? And I was like, okay, actually, I really do want to do well on YouTube and be successful on YouTube and like do this YouTube thing for real. My ego went fucking ape shit. My ego was like, you are so fucking stupid. How dare you want to lead tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people? How, how could you ever fucking do that? Like you're, you're wrong. And just like all these like things. And I was like, oh my God, like, I don't want to be wrong. Like, I don't, I don't want to be greedy, you know? And so I was like, no, like, I, I don't, I shouldn't want this. Like, I shouldn't want this. But there was still something inside of me that said, yeah, I do. I want to read to you all a important journal entry that I think was a great turning point for me in my knowing that I feel like I'm meant to be leading hundreds of thousands of people, tens of thousands of people. And it's really even hard for me to say this because it's like, if I say it out loud to the public and it doesn't happen, then I'm like wrong. And at this point, I don't quite give a fuck. So I'm going to flip to the journal entry. This was December 3rd, 2022. So not only did this happen a month before my Kundalini awakening, a month before my psychic stuff started kicking in, a month before my mediumship kicked in. Like it, it, it shows you how quickly your life can change if you just keep showing up. And that's what I did. And my stepfather is a pastor in the Presbyterian church. And um, he's the only person I ever knew who shared with me that he had visions. And I was like, oh, that's on some pastor shit, like whatever, you know, um, that's not for like regular people. And then when it started happening to me, I was calling him like, oh my God, what the fuck is this? What is going on? And weirdly enough, I feel like I'm like, surpassing him in a way as far as my intuition and my connection because he has been bogged down with so much fucking drama at his church and I feel like that can really when you're bogged down with work like you know having being a pastor is a job like it's work so when you're like bogged down at your job you can really start to hinder that connection um, and so for me, that's why I started needing like a coach and like whatever like he doesn't he still doesn't know right now that I'm pursuing this like he has no idea because I just feel like he's just too busy in his own life like none of my parents know and I'm like living in the next room and I'm like yelling at spirits to get the fuck away from me <laughs> so this was written December 3rd 2022 today is January I mean no, today is February 21st 2023 so just about a couple months ago it says another ego death bringing me to my knees it says, I have been searching everywhere to find if the dark night of the soul can happen can happen more often than once. Can e ego deaths happen often? And pause. Yes, they happen all the fucking time. I haven't found anything definitive, but my stepfather said this type of up leveling is constant. So I will allow it and accept it. LOL. The last few days, I have been very down and questioning, why me? Why can't I just be a regular, normal person? Why can't I just have a normal job like everyone else? Why can't I be happy? Be, why can't I be happy being a nobody? I am currently on my knees, sobbing in a depressive state. But I'm just not meant to be unhappy. My soul longs for me to set her free. 
I called my stepfather last night and he shared such profound insights with me that have really helped me slowly but surely relieve some of my misery. He said, everyone who is chosen by God does not want to be chosen. (laughs) That is the very reason they were chosen. (laughs) I'm sorry, I keep like sniffing laughing because I just remember writing this. Because they are being moved by something that is beyond their their own personal agendas. Let me read that again, these last two sentences. My stepfather said, everyone who was chosen by God does not want to be chosen. That is the very reason they were chosen, because they are being moved by something that is beyond their own, their own personal agendas. They are chosen because God knows, source knows, the universe knows, you will be a good steward of the divine's mes- message that is trying to express through you. Hi, it's Editing Aaron. I want to make it very clear. Every single one of us is chosen. I'm not special. No one is more special than someone else. When I say chosen, the word I guess I meant to to express was selected to do this certain thing. I feel like I've been selected at this time to lead an audience. And I don't really want to from an ego place. My ego saying I'm effing stupid, (laughs) but I'm being asked to step into this from my stepfather's perspective and a perspective that I have adopted myself because I don't have a personal agenda attached to it. So I want to make it very clear. I'm not chosen by God in in a sense. I'm not trying to express that I'm chosen by God because I'm special. We are all chosen to do something and you just have to respond back to it and step into it. All have a unique ability, a unique skill, a unique talent that we are meant to combine with service to others. And that's how we experience the exaltation of our soul. And that is directly from Deepak Chopra's book, The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. What I just described was the law of purpose. We all have a purpose. We are all chosen or selected to do something in this lifetime. And it changes as we go. So again, reiterating, chosen by God. I am not expressing that I'm special in some like, you know, extraterrestrial being that's like, oh, so special. No, no, no. We're all chosen to step into something. Let me read that again. That, That really helped me. They are chosen because God knows, source knows, the universe knows you will be a good steward of the divine's message that is trying to express through you. I cannot tell you how much this has helped me see. My entire life, I have been a nobody. High school, college, grad school, I just flew under the radar. I did not want to be seen. I enjoyed doing my work and going home. But then all of a sudden it changed when I felt the pull to create videos on YouTube, obviously after my hair was chopped off. (laughs) For eight years now, I have posted for no other reason but a pull on the inside nagging me to create, to help people and alleviate them in some way by seeing themselves in me. All I ever wanted was to serve. My videos will will reach 200,000 views. One recently did, and I literally have no ego attachment to it at all. I do have an ego attachment to views that are lower. I won't tell you the number, but lower views because I feel beyond that, because I feel beyond that at that point. Like basically I'm saying I feel beyond how I've been on YouTube for eight years. Like me getting a low, low amount of views from an ego place, like makes me feel like bad, but no attachment to lots of views. 
I just feel inside I'm meant to lead tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. And I'm starting to see that not only am I feeling deep inside the desire to lead because God gave me this desire and chose me as the perfect vessel, but the key that clicked, the missing piece in my mind. And I want to pause here for a second and explain before I say the missing piece with YouTube and stuff. Like I don't want from an ego place to have an audience, okay? But if I do feel pulled to create this content and it performs badly, that performs badly in my head, that does make me feel a kind of way. But when it performs like, oh, it's so many views and all this, I don't give a fuck. Like I don't want, I don't need it. I'm like, why can you not give this desire to someone who needs their ego stroked to have a large audience? That's why this desire is picking me. They're like, oh, you, you don't want it? Fan-fucking-tastic. I'm like, god damn it. And I, it's not to say have discernment. It's not to say that if you're like, oh, I really feel like I need to do this. Because obviously now I want an audience. Like I'm trying to become someone who has a large audience. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I want it from a soul place, but my ego still tells me how shitty I am. So don't get it twisted that, oh, well, if I want and it's never going to come. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is I have surrendered it. In Catherine Zinkina's um, Manifestation Babe Academy, she taught like at a certain point, when you, you get so good at becoming that thing that you desire inside, you don't even fucking want it anymore. It not coming into physical form doesn't fucking matter because you feel so deeply inside that you already have it. You not having it in the physical realm, but you having it in the spiritual realm and inside is the same. And when it becomes the same, when you are neutral to what you desire, it comes to you. When it becomes neutral you have truly stepped into, I am this. I feel like I explained this before uh, in another example in a previous podcast with a chair. When you're sitting in a chair, you need to manifest and believe who you are and step into what you want as if you are sitting in a fucking chair. You're not sit looking every 10 minutes to see if the chair is about to fall. You may look at it before you sit in it and be like, oh, it got four legs, fantastic. Even if it's beat up, looks like shit, da, da, da. You're, not, you're not looking at it every 10 seconds. You're not... You're not worried that it's going to fall. Every time you leave the room, you're not coming back inside the room to check if it's still there. The chair is there. That's how you have to feel about your desires. Because I'm in a state of surrender, because it's not something that's like a dire need of mine, I believe that desire picked me because it knew that I would be the desire to serve on a large scale because it knew that I would be of service to that desire, to bring it to fruition. Back to the journal entry. I said, the key that clicked, the missing piece in my mind, and it may surprise y'all too. God, source divine, chose me because they knew I would rely on the divine for my strength, not me. I could never do this alone. And my heart wants to only do God's bidding, not mine. I would move to Montana and raise cows, and delete all my social media if God told me to. YouTube was always my deepest desire, but this year, when I started to really feel the need to serve a large audience and not get there by chance like my ego was okay with, and when I truly tried to manifest it, my ego went apeshit. How dare you? We can't. It's wrong. It's greedy. You're a nobody. This made me the perfect candidate as I knew I was being led by something beyond me, something that wants to use me, the divine. My stepfather gave me homework, a homework assignment 
to research these biblical men, Moses, David, Jeremiah. I have said this a thousand times. I do not identify with any religion. I did grow up Catholic. However, your ancestors, your spirit guides, the divine God, whoever you serve, is going to use your frame of reference, your frame of reference to bring you messages, okay? So my frame of reference, everyone around me is a Christian. So the advice that I get, the messages I get, a lot of it comes through maybe something biblical, maybe something Christian, because that is my frame of reference. Not because Christian is the only avenue to get to the divine. There's Hinduism, there's Judaism, there's Islam, there's whatever the fuck. There are so many religions and I love them all, okay? But I'm just explaining to you that I can learn from any religious text, any historical text, any text, <laughs> TikTok, Instagram, uh, my neighbor's story, I can learn from anything. This just so happens to be biblical because that is what my dream interpreter, who is my stepfather, he is Christian. And so the stories that he shares with me to read and the advice that he gives for me is going to be a biblical context, not because Christianity is the way. There are a thousand ways, in my opinion. Back to my reading. Moses was born to enslaved people, but raised by the Pharaoh. He rejected his riches and wanted to be with his people and serve them. He was chosen to lead his people to salvation by the burning bush, and Moses always asked, why me? Please get someone else to do it. The research I did showed Moses was chosen exactly because he knew he could not do it on his own, because he had a good heart, because he would stand for what's right and true. Moses would do God's will, not Moses's. There was a common thread between a few of the biblical characters, Moses, David, and Jeremiah. Good heart, kindness, empathy, use God and not self. And what's wild, a few days ago, YouTube started recommending me the Prince of Egypt songs for no reason. And I played the song where Moses's mom had to put her son in the river to save him. And I just cried. This was probably last week. It reminded me of my dream of delivering the baby to its destination, the empty library. Um, and for you, who, those who don't know, I had a, a very uh, vivid dream. Hi, it's Editing Aaron again. The way I explained the dream that I had was so odd. So I'm going to try and re-explain it from memory. But in this dream, I was in a library, but there were no books in the library. And I was like, I asked the, the librarian, like, where are all the books? And she was like, they're not here. So I thought that was interesting that I was in this library with no books. So then I walk outside and my stepfather is in the front seat of the car. He's in the driver's seat. My sister is in the back seat of the car. And I enter the car and I'm sitting in the passenger seat. So we're driving and we get to a red light. And I see in front of us a baby driving the car at the red light in front of us. Like the baby was like diagonal to me. You know, when you're on like a two-way street. So we were at one red light, the baby was at the other red light in front of us. And so I said to myself, if this baby drives the car, drives this car in front of me, I will go get the baby. Because for whatever reason in the dream, I was like, I don't want to take care of this baby. Like I see this baby, but I don't want to be the person who stops, like, why can't someone else do it? You see the similarities to what I've been saying in this podcast episodes. Why can't someone else take care of the baby? I don't need to take care of the baby. I don't need to be the honorable Aaron Thompson who has 
save the baby. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, get someone else to do it. I don't need this. But if the baby comes in front of me and drives his car in front of me and puts its hands up, I will go get the baby. Now, why did I say all of these things? I don't know. It's a dream. I have no idea why I said all of these things. So lo and behold, the baby drives the car in front of me, puts its hands up, and I go out and get the baby from the car. I then return to my car where my stepfather is driving and my sister's in the back seat. And there is someone in my seat. There's like some man sitting in the passenger seat. I was like, get your ass out of my seat. And he was like, oh, I just want to like get in the car. I was like, no, this is my spot. Get get out of the car. (laughs) So I sit in the passenger seat. He leaves. I sit in the passenger seat, close the door. And my stepfather begins to drive with my sister in the back. And I have this baby in my arms. And I remember just intuitively knowing that I needed to deliver this baby somewhere. But I didn't know how or why. But as you listen to what I said about this dream and you you can see the parallel, I don't want to be in the front and center saving this baby. Oh, Aaron's so awesome. I don't need the praise. But if I am being asked to do it, I will do it. So it's again to the first kind of portion of this episode where I'm like, I'm not chosen in a way where I'm so special. I am selected to do this task that the divine is asking me. And when this task is done and they ask me to do another task, I will do that task. And the part about the library, the way I interpret it or in the way my stepdad interprets it is that the thing I'm being asked to do is going to make no logical sense. I cannot reason everything I've been doing my entire life using logic, using data, using evidence that will not be able to work where I'm going. There are no books in this library. So you have to use and be guided by something else beyond your own logic. I am a leader. All because of of the divine expressing itself through me. I am nothing without source and God. And the last insight I had that has also given me some relief is remembering how my third eye opened. I know it was buying Manifestation Babe Academy Finally taking the plunge to believe in me and up-level after two and a half years of reading on my own. But also, I think it was me believing in the divine after the eagle debacle, (laughs) which I've explained to y'all, I think, in a previous podcast episode. I looked so stupid after telling everyone I wanted to give up on the universe because I thought it made a mockery of me, but I believed anyway. I said, well, there's a lesson that I won't understand for a long time, but I'm staying the course and still trust. I think showing my devotion to God, even beyond my human understanding, and my commitment to learning more about Source made for great soil for my third eye to pop open. I love my vision so much. I love how clairaudience then followed soon after the clairvoyance. Um, I started having clairaudience in, in August 2022. Um, I am so honored to be led by the divine and want to continue to follow the purpose we chose together before I arrived. In the beginning of this podcast episode, you heard my journal entry, which was my words. But now what you're about to hear is information that I took from the internet, and none of this is my words. I was researching Moses, Jeremiah, and David because that was the homework assignment that my my stepfather gave to me. Now I'm going to read to you a couple of the excerpts from the articles that I read that have been very instrumental and helpful for me to remember why 
I've been selected to lead at this time. So I want to share like my copied and pasted research. And this is my words. So I'll just go through Moses, David, and Jeremiah. Moses, I wrote Moses' early life before he was chosen by God. He was raised by, by Pharaoh in the palace. Um, he killed an Egyptian who was beating a Hebrew slave. While he can certainly admire Moses' ability to stand up for what he believed in and to reject a life of royalty for justice and truth, these qualities still don't explain why God, what, what God saw in Moses that caused him to choose this particular man. We can imagine that among the Hebrews, there were most likely other men and women with similar characteristic traits, including Moses' brother Aaron and his sister Miriam. So anyways, what sets, what sets Moses apart? Um, a story from the Jewish tradition sheds some light. And you see, like, there's so many different texts. I, you know, I can learn from anything. A story from the Jewish tradition sheds, sheds some light. After killing the Egyptian and running away from Egypt, Moses had settled in the desert of Midian, where he became a shepherd. One day, as Moses took his flock to graze, one little lamb ran away. Moses chased after him to a brook far from where he had been. This was how Moses came to Horeb, the mountain of God. When Moses saw the lamb drink thirst thirstily from the brook, he said, Little lamb, had I known that you were so thirsty, I would have carried you to the water on my own back. After hearing that, God said, Moses is worthy of being the leader of my people. So what was Moses's outstanding quality that made him God's choice? It was Moses's willingness to go out of his way to help another creature. It was his willingness to bear a, bear a burden for the sake of another. Kindness, not intelligence or ingenuity, is most important to God. God wanted a man that would obey his word and depend upon his spirit. He wanted a vessel through which he should show his glory, not Moses's glory. In the great task that Moses was going to face, he would need to know that God, not man, was the source of his strength. As with Moses, God has a desert for all of his servants that he is going to use in a mighty way. The stripping of process is part of the plan of God for all who will respond to the call of the Lord. Moses's first response to God's call was a response of unworthiness. It is found in Exodus 3.11, where the scripture states, And Moses said unto God, Who am I, that I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? Moses said that he was not worthy of the great task to which God was calling him. In response to Moses' statement of unworthiness, God said, Certainly, certainly I am, that's the name for God, will be with thee. And so if I keep going, it says, There are five responses Moses had to being called unworthiness, fear of rejection, unbelief, lack of eloquence, inferiority, and unfruitfulness. The Lord gave Moses th these three signs. The first was of the rod turning into a serpent. The second sign was of his hand becoming leprous. The third sign was of the water turning to blood. By these signs, God demonstrated to Moses the power by which he was to deliver the children of Israel, his spirit. In the very act of picking up the serpent by the tail instead of by the head, Moses was learning obedience to God's commands in contrast to the ways of Egypt. Moses was learning that it was not going to be by Egyptian reasoning or logic. Does that not sound like no books in the library? Wild. No reasoning or logic that he would deliver Israel, but that if he would deliver the nation at all, it would have to be by God's word and spirit. And then the last one, it says Moses's fifth response to the calling of the Lord was an attitude of inferiority. Moses believed that the Lord had made a mistake in his choice. Exodus 4.13 states, and he said, O Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him who thou will send. The Amplified Bible translates the verse in this way, and he said, O Lord, I pray you, send by the hand of some other whom you will send. 
Moses's attitude was one in which he would rather have seen someone else take his place of leadership. And I feel the exact same way. Again, this is not some Christian shit, okay? This is just my frame of reference. I have a pastor stepfather who is Presbyterian, so my shit is gonna come <laughs> in a different way. All of these notes, I copied and pasted from the internet. These are not my words. So I wanna read to you Jeremiah and David. So Jeremiah, I didn't know who Jeremiah was. God called Jeremiah when he was still a youth. In fact, God had already set Jeremiah apart for the office of a prophet before he was even born in order to take God's words to all Israel and to the nations. Jeremiah is sometimes referred to as the weeping prophet. This designation comes from his tender concern about his countrymen's impending punishment. If the people rejected his warning from God to repent, he said, my soul will weep in secret for your pride. My eyes will weep bitterly and run down with tears because the Lord's flock has been taken captive. The prophet also had plenty to weep about because of the way he was treated. His family members turned against him and his message from God was rejected. As he told God, I am in derision daily. Everyone mocks me. God chose this man of undeniable courage to speak to the people of Judah on the Lord's behalf, even though they would not listen. Jeremiah was nearly 20 years old when he began to prophesy, and he continued in that office for the rest of his adult life, some 40 years or more. Because his message held little weight with the people, Jeremiah's prophecies reveal a, substan a substantial amount of emotional depth, often sorrow over the plight of God's people or his own troubles. Jeremiah had periods of despondency when he expressed the wish that he had never been born or that he might run away and live alone in the desert. He reached the point of calling God a deceitful brook, waters that fail, and even accused God of deceiving and overpowering him. Yet there were times of exultation when he could say to God, Thy words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart. And he could speak of Yahweh as a dread warrior fighting by his side. Jeremiah also suffered inner doubts and conflicts. His stories revealed a strong conflict between Jeremiah's natural inclinations and his deep sense of vocation to deliver God's message to the people. So the last person is David. And I looked down, it was three, four, four, four. David was a young shepherd boy. David was the overlooked son of the family. He is the runt of the litter who does not get much respect. He would have been the last one chosen for anything important by man's standards. Yet God specifically chose David to be his man and his king. God surprised everyone when he picked David to be the next king of Israel. It made no sense to anyone except the Lord. When push came to shove, God knew David's heart. He may stray at times, but when it came down to it, David would always do what God said to do. This faith and obedience to God is immensely more important than any earthly qualification. It is God working through a willing heart who moves mountains, not the person themselves. In other words, we can easily conclude that God chose David to be king because he has a good heart. David's family included a total of eight sons. Samuel arrived to examine them and find the king. David's dad, Jesse, cooperated and brought out the boys, but only seven of them. He then paraded them before the old prophet with the expectation one of these seven would be king. David's own father leaves him out of the process. Please note, these guys, Jesse's sons, were blessed in every way from worldly standards based, based on talent, skill, and capacity. They were the coolest, funniest, and had the best resumes, but they are not men after God's own heart. They would do their own thing in their own ability rather than follow God. They would walk by sight and not by faith. David knew there was nothing special about him by himself. 
but with God. There was no one who could stand against his attack. Hopefully those stories and, you know, whatever story feels good to you, like just rising above and like seeing like trying to understand why why me why why was i chosen why why does god want me to do this and if and am i right or am i like just being some egotistical bitch like i've just been so worried again sobbing on my knees for years sobbing saying please take this desire away from me take it away from me if it's not of you and it never left me and i still said are you sure all of my visions from april 2022 to now have always, almost, I'll say 90% of them, have said and shown me metaphors of me leading hundreds of thousands of people. But every single one of my visions have been the crowds have gotten bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And I am always leading it. And not only am I leading it, it's like at the end of the vision, it's like they pass me. Like, it's not like a praise thing. It's not like, Aaron's so amazing. Da, da, da. It's like, I say what I have to say, and then the, the crowd disperses and intuitively I know they're going back to like where they came from to like raise the vibration where they came from. I'm doing what I feel like I should do. But again, if you don't feel like you have visions, well, if I just had visions, I would, no, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. You would doubt to. I knew prior to my vision starting in April, 2022, knew for years I was meant to serve thousands. I knew it. I always knew it. It was a feeling inside and I had done it on YouTube. For years. But again, it was just like, oh, that was a fluke. Oh, that was a fluke. Oh, that was a fluke. I just can't stop posing. Oh, you know, it wasn't on purpose. And the second I tried to be like, oh, yeah, I am this, my ego said no. So again, I have anxiety about it. I have um, guilt about it. And I'm like, is that a podcast? Is that YouTube? Is that Instagram? Is that like in 10 years from now? Like, will I be on stage in 10 years? Like, I never, I don't know. It's not specific. You know what I mean? It's just giving me a great nudge in the right direction to keep going. You may not get specifics. Many of us don't get specifics because if we had specifics, we wouldn't need faith and we wouldn't need to rely on the divine. I believe I was chosen for this. I believe this desire chose me because I'm an open vessel and because I don't need this shit. I don't need it. I want to do divine, do the divine's will. And that's why I'm so worried that I'm interpreting things wrong. I'm so worried. I'm like, is this just a metaphor for something? Like, or is this like literal? And I always have to go back and reread my visions and reread my journal entries so that I can remember. It's not like, oh, got one vision. I'm good for life. You know, I still don't know how, how I'm doing this. I don't know how I'm going to reach all these people. I don't know even how to start. I don't know where to go. I don't know. I just have to trust and keep going. I want you to reflect for the rest of the day, for the rest of the week. What do you feel deep inside that you've always wanted to do? How do you want to serve? Is it a small scale, large scale? Some people on the opposite end will feel like, well, I only feel pulled to, I feel guilty that I only want to serve my fucking neighbors on this street. Like I have no desire to like serve hundreds of thousands of people. I just want to serve my community in my neighborhood, like my literal street. And if that's what you feel called to do, you need to do that. We need people on a global scale. We need someone on a medium-sized scale. We need someone on a smaller scale. Who's going to help the kids in the classroom? We need all of it. We need people We need people who really like intimate settings and just serve, you know, five or so. And we need people who serve hundreds of thousands and millions. We need both, big and small, even though that's relative. What are you being pulled to do? You are chosen because you're a good of heart, because you are courageous, and because you would do the divine's will. And you may sit there and say, well, I see all these people who have everything that I want and they're not doing the divine's will. They have all these followers, isn't that? Da, da, da. You don't know their path. The likelihood of it is they're fucking miserable inside. <laughs> I hate to make that generalization. 
Again, don't listen to the what I say. I'm a human being. I have my own opinions. But just because you're looking outwardly at someone and think, oh, they have everything that I have ever wanted and they and they aren't doing. First of all, why are you pointing your finger at people judging them for what they do? You don't know shit about them. Well, they have everything that I want. Really massage that. Really get into it. Why are you looking at other people? Are you becoming what you truly want inside? Are you truly following the divine's will? Only you will know. Have discernment. Okay. Hope you guys have a great day and talk to you later. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed, I'd love for you to leave a review. If you have any questions or just like to chat, please DM me on Instagram at Te Amo Aaron.